day, listeners of the Man Cave Huddle. Thank you, and Happy New Year. Welcome 2019. Happy Holidays. I know they're past, but I haven't been on in a while. Last time I was on, we were talking about the Giants against, I think, the Titans, and the season's over. But like I said, you know, Happy Holidays, although they've passed. Happy New Year. And, you know, this, uh, the reason why I've been off is because I was out of town visiting some family. And it's such a weird feeling, you know, when you're out of town, especially when you're in the South, being a New Yorker. And it's like you're so used to it being like 28, 32 degrees on Christmas Day and some snow. We didn't have any snow this year, and it was warmer than usual. But that's what you expect. But then you're sitting there in North Carolina, and you wake up, and it's like, oh, man, it's like 70 degrees out here. And not only that, I'm wearing sweatpants, and I'm feeling a little hot right now. Not only that, you start walking around too fast, and it's like, let me take my sweatshirt off because I think I'm building up a little mustiness. But it was fun. It's always great to see family from out of town. Got to see one of my oldest bros out in Charlotte. YP, what's up? And, you know, he's got some big things going on that I can't talk about right now. But, man, God bless him. But let's talk some biz right here. And what I want to talk about is pretty much wrapping up the 2019 season for the New York Giants out there. And obviously, this season isn't what we wanted it to be, finishing up at 5-11. But I will say this. I'm an optimist, and I always look at the positive side of things. And in saying that, going from 1-7, finishing at 5-11, that shows you that, A, the team was a 500 team after the horrific start. And it showed some toughness and the ability to adjust to what the coaches want because let's keep it real. When you have a completely new coaching staff coming in, they do things different. They may say, we want you to stretch this way instead of that way. We call the play this, and you've been used to it being that. We want you to drink whole milk and not 1% milk. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you can see a better culture within the Giants. You can see guys not quitting like they did in the past, guys playing hard. Although you're not making the playoffs, they're out there trying to make plays, playing for one another. But moving along, we need to talk about how we can improve this team. Because yes, there, there there are some issues that need to be it's that need to be addressed, and one of them, I think, two of them is in this upcoming draft, you have to improve the offensive line and the def- and the defensive line. I mean, Eli Manning had no time to pass back there, and I'm not saying he's definitely going to be the quarterback next year. But if that is the offensive line, you want to put a quarterback behind. I don't know how anybody could be productive, whereas you're more so looking at by the time your third step touches the ground, guys already in your jaw. And a defensive line, I mean, going from a 4-3 to a 3-4 and just needing to have some depth and the ability to stop the run with the line and not more so the linebackers. But do I think the Giants are years and maybe decades away. No. And the only reason why I say that is because they do have some players on the team. I mean, if you give the quarterback of the Giants some time, you do have Odell Beckham. You do have Evan Ingram. You do have 
Sterling Shepard. You do have Saquon Barkley. So if you could just have time to allow those pieces to be played with, you could be an effective offense. Now, defensively, there are some things on all three levels, defensive line, linebacker, secondary, that need to be addressed. But I'm not saying next year or the year after that, it's going to be the Super Bowl. But what I'm saying is, from a team that this year we're 5-11, maybe if you get some good free agents, you draft well, maybe next year you can hope to be 6-10. and 10. Or how about 8-8? Eight and eight? At best, something like that. You know? I mean, it's not about getting top individual players because teams that have that usually don't win. It's the great team in the NFL that wins. I mean, we all talk about how you need, it's a passing game. You need to have a great receiver and you need to have a this, you need to have a that. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Take a look at that team. Went in with their backup quarterback. I'm not going to say he's a true backup because he's a former starter. So he, he is a veteran with starting experience, but nonetheless was a backup. And you look at that receiving core. They didn't have anyone that blew your mind away. Maybe Zach Earth at the tight end position, but other than that, nobody else really blew your mind away. And you look at the running backs, they had rookies and guys that were traded for that weren't even wanted on other teams. But as a team, they were able to make it work offensively. Defensively, as a team, they were able to implement and execute the game plan. And I'm beginning to see that's what it's all about. I mean, the Patriots have been there for years. And you look at other teams that have won the Super Bowl, the Seahawks in the past couple of years, a lot of years, I should say, I shouldn't say a couple, but still, I mean, they were a great team. It wasn't just one player. I mean, you do need to have a quarterback. And that's like where I feel the Giants need to address. But I will say this, and I've been talking to my friends about this. If you look at some of the teams that are really successful and they have a really young, good quarterback. What they've done is they've actually built the team up and drafted the quarterback, hoping that they could catch lightning in a bottle because you over, I don't want to say overpaid, but you spent some money for all these other skill positions. And then now that you have a quarterback that can play at a cheap price before he's ready for his $100 million payday, you have a window of opportunity to actually win the Super Bowl. Look at the Los Angeles Rams. They drafted Todd Gurley. They acquired Dominic Su, free agent. They acquired Talib Akib, free agent. Peters, free agent. Cooks, free agent. Aaron Donald was a draft pick, but they spent money to build around their number one overall pick in Jared Goff. And their window to win is now. Because when Jared Goff needs to get paid, it's going to be like what happened with the Seahawks. You're going to have to let some guys go because you can't afford it. And let's talk about the Seahawks. They had the Legion of Boom, Bennett, and that defensive line in that pass rush. You had uh, Beast Mode, Doug Baldwin, and then they drafted very well because a lot of those players that were drafted in Russell Wilson's class wound up being starters that are still on that team playing very well. But still, at some point when you're drafting, especially with the quarterback, you have to hit a home run, if not a grand slam. And I think that's what the Giants, they're in position to do because at the sixth pick, and that's where the Giants will be drafting, the only team that I see in front of them that needs a quarterback is definitely the um, Jacksonville Jaguars. 
But I shouldn't even say the Jaguars. More so the team that I really think is going to draft a quarterback could be the Oakland Raiders. But in saying that, there's always trades and teams might sit there and trade up to the number one pick to get the player that they want. And with the Giants, what about having the mantra of building up a team and then getting a quarterback in there that's young but is good enough to where you can sit there and hope that that window of opportunity is good enough for you to do what Seattle did and control the league for a couple years until you have to let everybody go. Because, I mean, when you think about it, Dwayne Haskins is a quarterback that everybody's liking now that Justin Herbert has declared, that said that he's going back to college. Now, if you're the Giants, why don't you, with all these other areas of need on the team, sit at number six and pick the best player available that falls to you. And maybe if the player that you want is available and he wants to come to you and he makes it known, you sit there and do what you got to do. But I like the defensive lineman on Alabama, Quentin Williams. I mean, to me, whenever I see him play, all he's doing, it's, it's almost like he's a college player playing against high school offensive linemen, and he's just bench pressing guys out of the way. Like, excuse me, I'm hungry and I need to eat. I mean, it's just like a man amongst boys out there. And you know, coming from Alabama, you're getting skilled and educated in an NFL style. So when they come in, there is no, this is how we do things here in the league. It's, oh, this is just like college, bro. I like him. Or what about an offensive lineman? A tackle. Maybe not the left tackle since we spent so much money on him, but what about a right tackle? Or just the best offensive lineman available. I mean, Hernandez was a rookie and showed some promise. But other than that, maybe you sit there and look at a, 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 the right guard or maybe a center or maybe a right tackle. You know, because when the, when the, uh, David Gettleman, the GM of the Giants, had his end of the year meeting with the media, he said a lot of things. But two things really stuck out in my head because the day before he addressed the media, there were a lot of rumors coming out that the Giants wanted to trade or were thinking about trading Odell Beckham and the 49ers were extremely interested. And it was all about what the asking price was going to be. But Gettleman was firm on saying that they're not trading Odell Beckham Jr. But. When asked about the future of Eli Manning, it wasn't as firm. It was almost like saying, we're definitely going out to the party. I just don't know which one we're going to. Because he said that they would explore other options. Well, I'm not saying he said that, but I'm paraphrasing. Basically, the way he made it sound is, look, we're going to go out and try and seek another quarterback, and if we can't find one, then we just going to work with what we got. But if the right quarterback falls to us in the draft or we could get a quarterback that could play now, we're going to entertain that. But if we don't, Eli can still make all the NFL throws and be a comparable NFL quarterback. And the next year is the last year of his deal. So, I mean, it's not a bad thing to sit there and say, Eli Manning is going to be your quarterback next year if you improve the team around him. Maybe you improve the offensive line so he doesn't feel that he has to have jumpy feet when he's back there. Maybe you improve the defense so that maybe he gets an extra possession or two and that could be the difference between winning and losing. And another thing I wanted to bring up was uh, Mr. Odell Beckham. A lot of people out there talking about how much of a distraction 
Odell Beckham could be with his antics on the sideline, with what happened overseas with him and a model, and just basically him expressing his frustration sometimes at losing and saying he wants to win that bad. People say that's a distraction. Really? All right. So let's talk about one Antonio Brown, wide receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers. This, the last game of the season, the Pittsburgh Steelers were in position where if other dominoes would have felt correct, would have fell correctly and they would have won the game, they would have made the playoffs. But Mr. Brown, due to actions that he did throughout the practice week, was suspended by the head coach and was unavailable. Now, look, there's one thing to sit there and say, um, a player is a distraction. This is a distraction. Has Odell Beckham been suspended? Yes. But you, you can't say that Odell Beckham is one where he's a locker room distraction, where he's arguing with the quarterback on the team where he's basically the head coach of the team comes out and says one thing, and then he comes out on social media and basically says, no, this is what really happened. And personally, he's being a diva right now, but I think he's being a diva, in my opinion, over a couple things. A, I think the emergence of Juju Smith-Schuster as another receiver where he's not the only guy that's lighting up the league. Juju Smith-Schuster has proven to be a very solid, comparable wide receiver in this league. And maybe it took a little shine away from him, and that bothered him. Or how about another point of being a distraction? Ben Roethlisberger talking about other players and naming these players, and one of them happened to be Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown feeling a type of way about that. I mean, there's a lot of things going on right now with the Steelers where when you look at Odell Beckham, and you're like, all right, blonde hair. Those are, he slams his helmet down when the team is losing or he's not getting the ball. Okay. Or maybe he might walk into the locker room a little bit early because he's dehydrated and he needs an IV. Okay. And the same as Antonio Brown, they both give 100% on the field. But when you talk to all the players on the Giants, they love Odell. Not a distraction. He's their guy. I don't really hear a lot about Antonio Brown being spoken that way. Do they want him? Yeah, because he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. But I'm sure if you said off the record, is my man a distraction? What would they say? But going back to the Giants, disappointing season. Um, The draft is going to prove to be very telling of where this team is going to go. Because if you they draft a quarterback, the rest of those picks are going to need to be offensive linemen and depth along that defense. But if you see them draft a defensive line or offensive lineman, now you're talking about building a great team that's going to be solid for years to come. Giant fans, hold steady because it might not get that much better next year. So there's going to be a lot of... Uh, Need to be at the sports bar or wherever you watch the game by yourself because there's going to be a lot of cursive language. But tis the life. Thank you for listening. First time in a while. First episode for 2019. I, I, I thank you 
for being loyal and listening to me. All of the listeners that are out there, we're growing, and I appreciate the love that you guys show. As I do with every episode, I want to end with a positive quote. And this positive quote is, I'm not afraid of an army of lions led by sheep, but I am afraid of an army of sheep led by a lion. Once again, I am not afraid of an army of lions led by a sheep, but more so afraid of an army of sheep led by a lion. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye now.